This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN Radio Network, delivered by Domino's. Visit dominoes.ca today. Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara, and you can follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Remember, folks, we are delivered by Domino's. If you're hungry, Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into their delivery and carryout deals at Domino's.ca. Huge show for you today. TSN CFL reporter Kate Pedersen drops by in a couple minutes. She was at the regular season debut, the launch of Mosaic Stadium in Regina. She's going to take us through all of that, share her experiences and memories from that event. Milt Stiegel, he's going to be by in about 15 minutes or so. CFL on TSN panelists to help tee up week three and look back at an exciting Canada Day long weekend. Also behind the helmet, SJ Green, Toronto Argonaut, he stops by and TSN.ca Scott Cullen also joins me. We'll give our game predictions for the weekend as well as some CFL fantasy tips. I'll go over my CFL fantasy roster. Scotty will give some under-the-radar pickups, try to save you some money, get you some points in your TSN CFL fantasy roster. Lots to get to, so let's kick it off with the Blitz. All right, performers of the week. And Ottawa's receiver Deontay Spencer and quarterback Trevor Harris lead the way, so a couple of Red Blacks as well as Winnipeg receiver Weston Dressler. And Dressler just balled out. 124 receiving yards, a couple touchdowns as Winnipeg won at 43-40 over Saskatchewan in a double OT shootout, spoiling the opener for the Rough Riders of their new Mosaic Stadium. And you look at what Trevor Harris does. Keeps popping off 300-plus yard performances, right? Like, like Trevor Harris is becoming so consistent. I say 300. How about this? Well above that, 425 yards, two touchdowns, and completed 77% of his passes. And you have for for Spencer, 107 yards on only three catches. Added 244 return yards as well against uh, Calgary there. So top performers of the week. Now, some big news too. TFL naming new commissioner, right? Randy Ambrosi, he was welcomed in. So welcome new commissioner. We'll try to get him on CFL Weekly Suit. And we have our Twitter poll at AndyMC81. Question is, which QB will slap up the biggest stats in Week 3? Which quarterback will put up the biggest numbers in Week 3? Trevor Harris, Bo Levi Mitchell, Jonathan Jennings, or Zach Caleros? Harris, Mitchell, Jennings, or Caleros? You can vote at AndyMC81. We'll get to the results a little bit later on in the show. Joining me now, she was in Toronto, then flew out to Regina, and is now back in Toronto. TSN CFL reporter Kate Pedersen on the line. Kate, do you know what time zone you're in? I'm getting there. I had a good nap (laughs) this afternoon after going straight to Argos practice from the airport. Wow. And I'm slowly catching up and figuring it out, but I have a little bit of 
low-key time coming up, so I'll get there. Good, good. So, you know what, we'll, we'll get back to the, the Argonauts, but you were in Saskatchewan, in Regina, for the regular season opening of the new Mosaic Stadium. They, they had the exhibition game before, but this was really the big, on Canada today, the pomp and circumstance of it, the pageantry. Take me through what that was like from ground level, because it looked cool on TV, but to actually be there. So I showed up in the morning, and I'll start by saying that Chris Schultz offered to block for me because he was at the <laughs> front of the plane, and I was in the 26th row. So that was comforting to know good. that I had a good team in front of me on the plane. But I went straight to the stadium, and Ryan, their PR guy, took me through for two hours. And that's how long it took to really get a grasp of the whole stadium itself. And the one thing that I can't say enough is the detail that went into it. They thought about every single aspect from the decor to the beer, very important, obviously, (laughs) the seats, all of the above. So fast forward to the game, and you've got 33,000 fans. But before the game, they created this party in the park, and it's about... 20 feet from the walls of the stadium and it's a big fenced in park, but it's open. So there's no lines to get in. You can walk in and out with your bags and it's just a park full of food trucks and a DJ and fun outdoor games and things like that. So that of course, Crater Nation was packed (laughs) hours before kickoff. Yes. So they were going, they were looking for a place to party and ready to go. And then getting into the stadium while there were 33,000 people and having been there before and having a chance to walk around and see the different sight lines and the different places to sit, they really did a good job of capturing game day for everyone. So they have obviously a feature on television would be Pilsner country, which is what they call the deck in the end zone. Right. And those are $35 tickets. There's four rows and it's standing room only but you get an assigned row. So you can stand oh. anywhere in there, but it's 35 bucks, and you know that you have a space reserved in there, and that is what we would call the party section. Right. But the other unique thing about that is that around the entire lower bowl, you can stand anywhere. So often you go to a stadium, and they're kind of scooting you back to your seat, right? The sure. difference is you can stand at the top, drink, mingle. So while at the very end of the game, in the double OT, there were some empty seats, but no one left. They were just uh-huh. upstanding, excited. You know, it was an intense environment. So, you know, Rider Nation, that's, that's how it goes. They were there until the bitter end. So it's like a, it essentially is a destination spot. It's not just to go and watch a game. It, it can be a gathering point. It can be. And they have a bunch of different lounges, some just more chill than others. And then, of course, the lounges that are attached to some of the suite access are a little bit more high-end. You've got, you know, your roast beef buffet. I was, I was checking out the food. <laughs> you, you got to. You're a professional, Kate. You have to do your research. Right. And speaking of research, the most important thing I discovered is that they brought taco in a bag from old Mosaic to new Mosaic. <laughs> I and saw that, that was tweet. A deal breaker. That was a deal breaker for me. Andy, I do one in the first <laughs> half and one in the second half, and that's how I get through a full game and feel good about myself and my <laughs> contributions to the team, right? It's helping the local economy, you guys? Yes, I'm doing that. <laughs> but you know what? It, that is in the Western Pizza area. And the one really cool thing I also tweeted about was that when I talk about detail, one of the nicest parts is their focus on the history and the history of the mm-hmm. team 
and how important so many memories that were made in the old stadium were. So one area is a lounge, and they've created these cement pillars. But instead of having the cement showing, they've used the old benches from the oh. original benches in the other stadium. And the, so the pillars are covered in the wood panels from these benches. So little details like that that really bring out the character and, and reflect the old era versus this new era that they're building. And so I, that really, you know, as someone who has deep roots with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and with the team, it was really nice to see all of that. Well, yeah, and I wanted to get to that uh, as, as well, Kate, in conversation with Kate Pedersen, TSN CFL reporter on Twitter at Kate Pedersen underscore. Of course, your dad, uh, legendary Leif Pedersen, uh, the, the late, great Leif Pedersen, and I knew going there, it meant so much to you to be there for the opening of that new stadium. Take, it, take me through a bit of the, the uh, emotion of that and what you were going through with it, with it really being uh, a, a family-type event for you. It's so special, Andy. It's, I talk about how much I love this league and how special it is to me because I've been around it for so long. Yeah. You know, growing up on the sidelines, following my dad when he was going to do his broadcast and I was on the mm-hmm. field for warm-up. And I laugh a little bit because most of the guys I grew up watching play are the old guys that are now coaching or uh, in the front office and things like that. But going there, they have an alumni lounge. And I went in and I saw a bunch of old riders. And, of course, Jim Hobson, Steve Mazurik, former teammates, are still kicking around Regina. Steve's still working for the team. So for me, it's it's about so much more. It's special. And, and my dad was drafted by the riders, and I got my first job in television at Global Regina. And obviously it was a bit of a different, a a change of scenery and Mm -hmm. a change of pace for me to go from Toronto to Regina. But the thing that saved me from being homesick and having a tough time getting myself acclimatized there was the people. The people in Regina are fantastic. Saskatchewan, they're all wonderful. So it's really special to go to a place where you you're far from home, but you recognize so many faces and you're welcomed with open arms. And I think that's one of the coolest parts. And it's also part of becoming a rider fan or a member of rider nation. You go into that tailgate, you don't know anyone, but they're inviting you to play their games or they want to talk to you and talk about their relationship with the team. So it it is really a unique atmosphere. And as someone who's at all of the Toronto games, I would love if we could replicate something like that, but it's a challenge in a bigger market to sure. get that fan base because in Saskatchewan, they come from all over because that's the Mecca. That's the one team to really jump on board yeah. and follow. They all rally behind it. And before we let you go, Kate, the, the game itself uh, could not ask for a better way to kick open the stadium and on Canada Day. Yeah, the double OT. The Rough Riders, they, they start, if we're just going to regulation, started well finished well. It's kind of the in-between that, that caught them off guard, and then that, that field goal and double OT to put the Blue Bombers over 43-40, but overall, man, like, you couldn't ask for a better way to start a, start a new era in Rough Rider football, except for a win, of course. That, yeah, of course, but, <laughs> but that's the thing. It was, it was a little bit scary in the middle for the fans, and you could feel a little bit of tension because they're going, uh-oh, uh-oh, this is getting away on us, but then the comeback, I was tweeting videos just you know taking a pan of the stands it was electric it was loud it was amazing and and as i said that no one left everyone was still there so yes the outcome wasn't what they had wanted but it came down right to the wire 
So what a way to kick things off. And 33,000 fans just going crazy in the stands. And, and it's a testament to what they've been able to build there and, and this incredible fan base. And it's a fan base that has been loyal and dedicated and buying tickets through the good, the bad, and the ugly. And now they have this stadium. And, Andy, it's, you know, from start to finish, whether it's in the locker room, on the concourse, in some of the lounges, it is top-notch unbelievable top caliber facility kate thank you so much for taking the time i'm glad you had a great weekend and uh, and glad to have you back thank you for having me all right that was kate Pedersen, tsn cfl reporter after the break the always entertaining cfl on tsn analyst milt stiegel joins me lots more coming up on cfl weekly across the tsn radio network Football season is here and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout deals at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal, including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our $7.99 mix and match offer that is something for everyone, including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at dominoes.ca. You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN Radio Network. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara, and as always, we are delivered by Domino's. Guys, if you're hungry, Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into their delivery and carryout deals all at Domino's.ca. That's Domino's. Still to come in the show, game picks and some CFL fantasy tips with the TSN.ca Scott Cullen, as well as behind the helmet as I talk with Toronto Argonaut, SJ Green. But on the line now, CFL on TSN analyst Milt Stiegel. Milt, how's it going? Man, it's going great. How about yourself? Uh, doing well, doing well. And listen, let's let's take a a brief look back and then a look ahead. Uh, wow, you could not ask for a better opening to Mosaic Stadium in Saskatchewan than that double OT beauty with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, could you? Man, it was crazy. It was crazy. First of all, the atmosphere and that stadium, I mean, it, it, it's something to be reckoned with. It's not too many stadiums, I believe, in North America that are better than that. And we know how those fans are and the atmosphere it was a special, and it topped it off. It was a great game, of course. The home fans weren't happy, but I think they were entertained more than anything. Of course, they would like their team to win, but the way that game went and everything that came with it, that was truly special. What a way to open up a stadium. Oh, yeah, and you know what? They'll get to do it again this week in week three. Now, the Hamilton Tiger Cats come to town, and this is going to be a fascinating matchup to me, Milt, because you have the Tiger Cats we got the boots put to them by the Argonauts week one. They've had a whole two weeks to sit and stew on this, and we know Ken Austin. That's not going to be a pleasant atmosphere in that locker room. They're going to be raring to go. How do you think the Ticats are going to come out of this by after what they did in week one? They're, they're going to come out clawing, no pun intended, but they're <laughs> going to come out clawing. They're, they're hungry. You know, Ken Austin, he's been in the film room ever since they oh, lost yeah. that game for these last two weeks. Um, for, for sure, Zach Kolaris. If you saw during that game, he was complaining that he didn't have any protection. So Kent knows that he has to protect his quarterback if they want to have success. So he's been in the lab, uh, getting together a lot of different players on offense, I'm for sure. So try to maybe get one or two different players in there to change some things because based on that first game, they have to make some changes. They look bad on both sides of the ball. Their offensive line struggled. 
Their two starting halfbacks, of course, weren't there, so they'll make some replacement right there. But they have a lot of things to get together. But we know Ken Olsen, what type of coach he is, how smart he is. He's going to devise a great game plan because they're going to need it going into Saskatchewan next weekend. In conversation with CFL on TSN analyst Milt Stiegel on Twitter, at Milt Stiegel TSN. Let's go to the uh, Toronto Argonauts here, and they're heading into Ottawa. And, and uh, wow, Milt, like you, you couldn't have seen two polar opposite different teams from week one to week two. And you go against Ottawa, Trevor Harris, the old uh, uh, master versus the student, and Trevor Harris and Ricky Ray. We know Ottawa can put up points. Do we know what type of offense the Argos are yet? Well, I think we're going to see the true Toronto Argonauts. That first game, I don't think that was them. And then this past game, I don't think that was them. I think they'll be right in the middle. As they say, the market is going to balance out. I think that's what we're going to see. They're capable of being a great team, and I don't think it's because of Ricky Ray. It's because of that defense. Mm. They have some guys who can fly around. Ricky Ray just needs to be an average quarterback, and they need to have an average uh, type of game, and they can win because that defense, they have some players who can play. They just can't put that defense in bad positions. But if Ricky Ray gets hot like he did that first game, I don't think there's anybody in this league that can beat him. I don't think he can continue doing that on a consistent basis, but if he did, they have to be favored to win the Grey Cup. So we'll just have to see, because like you talked about before, Trevor Harris, he's, he's looking real good this year. He's surprising me. I didn't think he would be that good, but I think his thing is now is this is my show. Yeah. This is my team. I don't have to worry about anyone coming in. If I mess up, I can just go out there and be myself, and I think that's a big reason why he's been playing so well these first two games. Yeah, and that's what I was talking about the other week, Milt, was uh, this is the first time Trevor Harris can say, this is my show. I'm the guy. And I'd have to say, he's he's the best winless quarterback in the CFL for sure. <laughs> like, he keeps popping up these big numbers, been snake-bitten a little bit. But when you look early on, it's so early, I know, but in the East Division, which was just a gong show last year, who, who do you do you see anybody kind of separating themselves? Because the inconsistencies of Toronto, Hamilton with the dud, and, and Ottawa, although they don't have a win to me, seems to still kind of be the class even without a victory. Without a doubt. Uh, no questions about that. They are the class. I thought Hamilton, and I know they only played one game, but yeah. you shouldn't look that bad I know. Right, off, right out of the gate. But right now, Ottawa is definitely the favorite. They're looking good. They have a couple of things they need to fix on defense. They've been giving up a lot of points. But with a quarterback like Trevor Harris and some of those weapons he has, even if their defense are giving up points, they can go out there and get in the shootout with anyone. So as long as that's the case, as long as he stays healthy, they have an opportunity of coming out of the East and representing the East in the Grey Cup. And last one for you here, Milt. The, the Montreal Alouettes defense hasn't been the issue. They've been holding teams to relatively low scores, 23 against uh, Edmonton and then, uh, what, 17 the, the previous week. Uh, but they, they're not scoring. And, and you have Darian Durant who, um, who, who got that one feel-good win, but they're not putting up big points yet. Do you think that's a product of, of the offense or just a team trying to get used to a new quarterback? It may be a combination of things. You know, uh, Darian's getting used to a, a different type of uh, different type of offense. Yeah. You know, this is his first time playing there. He was so used to being in Saskatchewan when he knew what he was getting into. Sure. Uh, some new receivers there. I still don't think they have that game-breaking receiver, that guy who can get downfield. Ernest Jackson is a big receiver, big-time receiver, but he's not a burner. They still mm. need that guy who can stretch the field, and they don't have that. They need to get their running game going a little bit more. But it's going to be a test for him. Uh, Darian Durant, we know what type of quarterback he is, but can he get that old Darian Durant back? You know, he's just been – hurt so much in the past we don't know what he's capable of doing 
But if you can't get the old Darren Durant back, they can be competitive with anyone. Even the guys they lost on defense, they're still playing some good defense. So it's going to be interesting to see how this season turns out for them. Yeah, I think Taquan Underwood, I think, could potentially, although he hasn't shown it consistently like, with his time with the Ticats, could be that deep threat. He's that, that bigger body 6'2", has some nice hops. It's not just his hair that's high. Uh, and and <laughs> he, he can get up, get up there. But it, right. if it, that that might be a target. But still, it's it's still a, a maybe. Like It's not like he's proven it, right? Right. No, he hasn't proven it. I mean, he's been in the league for some years now, and he hasn't proven it. Of course, he can run, but it's just more than just running. Yeah. You have to be able to get open. If that was the case, we have a bunch of track guys yeah. out here playing football. So <laughs> it's more than just being fast. So he's possibly he can be that guy. We'll just have to wait and see. He had a nice touchdown in the last game, but he didn't do anything after that. I don't know if they didn't throw him the ball, if he wasn't getting open. I don't know what. But you have to have that consistent guy who can get downfield. And not always just make the plays, but – put that fear in the right. defense where they know, well, if we don't stay on this guy, he, he can burn us every single time. So they're still looking for that guy. And I think once they find that guy, they can really be good on offense. Mel, really appreciate the time. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. That was former NFL and CFL receiver and, of course, CFL on TSN analyst Milt Stiegel. Get him on Twitter, at Milt Stiegel TSN. And, of course, catch him on the CFL panel anytime there's a CFL game on TSN. And still to come in the show, we're going to talk some CFL fantasy, get your tips going into week number three. TSN.ca Scott Collin joins me for that, as well as game picks for week three. And after the break, we're going to hear this week's edition of Behind the Helmet with Toronto Argonaut. S.J. Green had a huge week one. I'll chat with him, get to know him a little bit better, as well as we'll hear from the CFL on TSN panel. That includes Milt Stiegel about the week that was over the Canada Day weekend. A lot more coming up on CFL Weekly. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening across the TSN radio network. This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN Radio Network, delivered by Domino's. Visit dominoes.ca today. Welcome back to the show. This is the CFL Weekly. I'm Andy McNamara. You're listening across the SN Radio Network. Give me a follow on Twitter at AndyMC81. And remember, folks, Domino's has you covered for any occasion. You can grab a medium feast pizza for only $10.99. Any stuff, just $10.99. Upgrade to a large for just 4 bucks, or dive into all their delivery and carryout options at Domino's.ca. All right. Still to come in the program. CFL Fantasy Tips and Game Picks with TSN.ca. Scott Collin, that'll be coming up in about 10 minutes' time. First, though, another edition of Behind the Helmet. Joined now by Toronto Argonaut, S.J. Green. S.J., how's it going? Doing good, my man. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Now, listen, okay, so you spent the past 10 seasons in Montreal. This is your first year in Toronto. Before we get started, how's the transition been for you? The transition has been a blessing, man. You know, it's a humbling process. I'm just happy to be in a place where I'm wanted, and, uh, you know, I'm glad it's all over with. Excellent. And, and so behind the helmet here, this is so the fans can get to know you a little bit better. So, first of all, in Montreal for so long, you visited Toronto a lot in, in games, obviously, but what do you like most so far about living in Toronto? Um, the diversity. You know, this is a very, very big city, um, a lot going on. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot to learn about the city and a lot of tradition here, so I'm anxious to, uh, to get to learn more about the, the diversity here. Have you done any touristy stuff? Have you gone to the CN Tower or anything like that? Yes, I have. I have. I went, I've, gone to, I've taken my family to the CN Tower. Oh, good. Um, I've taken my family to the, uh, the Ripley's Aquarium ah. right by the CN Tower. Um, 
we've done a little bit of walking around downtown and seen some things. So, uh, yeah, a couple things. Now let's get to your Argonaut teammates here. Who's the, who's the worst dressed teammate? It's hard to say. You know, we really haven't had very many opportunities to dress up. Um, yeah. you know, Tristan allowed us to be lax in training camp for, for travel for games. And um, the home games, I haven't really had a chance to pay attention to learn learn guys is, uh, to learn. You know, guys, uh, how, how they dress and whatnot. Yeah, so it's still early. Still figuring it out. It's still Now, I, I was going to say best dress, but I, I would assume you go with yourself, right? Yeah, I can give you all the information <laughs> you want about the guys in Montreal, but I can't tell you much about the best dress here yet. Right. Uh, let, let's let's just say it's you so far. We'll we'll go. We'll say it's SJ. Uh, let's let's get the pressure on me, man. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, go to to what you like to do on on your downtime. What's what's a hobby people might not know about you when you get away from the field to unwind? I I enjoy I enjoy going to the gun range when I'm back home in the off season, and I also I enjoy uh, playing pool. I like playing pool. Oh, okay, okay. Are you are you a shark? Do you kind of lull people in and then uh, break out Lucille like the old Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Well, you know, my father in law is there is, is is pretty savvy on the pool table, and he's taught me a lot. So you know, when uh. I'm back home, we we, we compete a lot, and uh, we go back. But he's taught me a lot, and um, you know, I just really really enjoy uh, playing playing the game. Uh, TV wise, what's your favorite show that you're either watching right now or have, have gotten through recently? What what have you been binge watching? Um, Power. Power would have to be the probably the best one. And I uh, like uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Oh, okay, okay. And what about movie? Have you seen anything recent? Um, I haven't seen movies recently, but the one that I'll probably go see next would be The Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Or maybe that Tupac movie that just came out. Right, right, right. Uh, sport you could play professionally. You wish you could play professionally outside of football. Uh, whichever sport has guaranteed money. <laughs> no matter which one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great way. To is is there a sport other than football you played growing up? Uh, no, not really. Football was really my first, the first and last love, man. I played basketball um, in the neighborhood, playing around. Right, right. Um, but uh, only organized sport I ever played was was football. And what about uh, NFL wise? Did you have an NFL team growing up? Uh, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Are you following them uh, them lately? Or are you too busy with your own stuff? Absolutely, absolutely. But the day I die. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well. Gotta love Dak and Zeke, eh? Oh yeah, yeah. I was hoping we made a good run last year, but you know how it goes, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, when you're getting ready for for a game or you need to get in the zone, what is there a go-to album, go-to song that you listen to? Yeah, I call it I have a go-to artist that just takes me to another another place mentally, and it's a passport. Okay, tell me a little bit about that. Is there a, a particular song or just anything? Um. It's more, it's, it, there's a there's a couple there's a, a couple songs that really really get me, but um you know the majority of his music just takes me to a a place mentally that uh you know just get, helps me get the job done. Okay, and last one for you here: if you weren't a professional athlete, so any other job pretty much does have guaranteed money. Uh, what what would you want to do if you were not a pro athlete? If I was not a pro athlete, I'd be a general manager of a pro team. <laughs> so, that's what so I'm trying to do after football. I want to be a general manager. Oh really? Okay, so get into the front office. Yeah. Um, Grim Pops, you know, showed me a couple of things uh, over the years along the way, and uh, I've been intrigued by a lot of the processes mm. that take place. Um, I'm sorry, I'm a manager, and uh, you know, hopefully, I can continue to learn. You know, once this is all over, and uh, pursue my dream. Yeah. Well, you. Yeah. Well, you got a great one to learn from uh, with with Jim Pop right there. So, SJ, thank you so much, and uh, and good luck this week. Thank you very much. You have a good one. That was Toronto Argonaut receiver S.J. Green as the Argos get ready to battle the Red Blacks in Ottawa on Saturday, 7 o'clock 
on TSN. Now, the Canada Day weekend, guys, as as you know, watching it was as as good as the CFL can be, right? And, and we know the lofty expectations. You had a couple of 40 burgers put up by the Stampeders and the Blue Bombers. You had the BC Lions defense dominate the Argonauts and uh, the Edmonton Eskimos and Montreal Alouettes battle in a close one, 23-19 with the Eskies taking it at home. But the CFL on TSN panel was in Saskatchewan, and we're talking about the stadium, uh, the, the, the new stadium that we talked about with uh, Kate Pedersen, as well as the injury to Edmonton Eskimos running back John White, and a whole bunch of other things. So here is the panel led by Rod Smith with Milt Stiegel, Chris Schultz, and Matt Dunnigan. Welcome back to beautiful new Mosaic Stadium. We liked it so much we just decided to stay here. We may never leave. It is GMC Huddle Up with the pros. These are the pros, so I guess that makes me huddle up. That's my job right now. So item number one, second straight game. We've seen the Eskimos win but lose a key player. First, J.C. Sherrod. That was awful sight to see John White go down. How does this affect the Eskimos offense? It affects Big. This guy was a phenomenal. Last seven games of the year, he averaged over 114 yards uh, in a game, and and he was the running game. And he's voted one of the best players out there, and and I, I believe it. But they had the people in place to, to fix this because Trayvon Van and Calvin McCarty they can carry the load. They got a big offensive line with tons of receivers. They can right. still spread around and make their offense. It, it, it'll affect them, but they'll be okay. If you remember when they won the Grey Cup. He wasn't there, am I correct? Mm-hmm. He didn't play the entire right. season. The so they'll be able to adjust. They'll miss him, but they'll be able His to adjust. His absence is huge, Mel. He's a great blocker. He's a great pass receiver. He's a great running back. The only positive is it happened early in the season. They're auditioning. They're looking. They'll find Trayvon, the next John Trayvon Van somewhere. Trayvon Van settled down after two or three series, and he started running the ball downhill, and I think he's going to be fine just down the road. Item two, week one, Toronto Argonauts are world beaters. They dominated the Hamilton mm. Tiger Cats, and then they looked a whole lot less than that against the BC Lions who defended Ricky Ray brilliantly. So which Argo team are we going to see in week three in Ottawa? We won't see either one of those teams, the first game or the second game. We'll see something right in the middle. They'll settle down. Uh, things will balance out, and we'll see a Ricky Ray that's like average like he's been in the last two or three years, but we won't see that first game. What if Ottawa does ball. exactly what BC did and run four-man pass rush, drop zone? You can see Ricky Ray be a little you don't, bit You don't think Tressman and Ricky Ray will be adjusted James Ross? You don't think so? I'm not 100% How much was we're going to see the same Toronto Argonaut football team. Mm. Brandon Whitaker out of the lineup. James Wilder making his first start. I that think that's huge for that pa- I think that's huge for pass protection as well. I don't care who you are, Ricky Ray or any other young quarterback they, in the league. They, if no, you're throwing off they, your backside, you're not going to be very effective. They won't be as good as this they were in that first team. Game will be in much better next week. Between. Okay. Somewhere you know, between. I like to start Schultz off with a kicking question because Why? it irritates him so much. Why? So here's a question I got for you. This was not a good week for one point extra points. Probably the worst since they moved it back to a 32-yard kick. Right. Uh, I think we all thought it was a good idea then. Do we still think it's a good idea? You know, I, I'm going to say no. I, I'm a traditionalist. I still like the extra point being closer to That's the so goal cool. range. Go back no, the way it was. I do. I like it, man. That's You're just like old. You're no, old, old and stubborn. That's I'm the young problem. In the mind, I love it because it adds drama. It's not a gimme anymore. I, it's not a gimme. I, I like it the way. Oh, it adds drama. I love it. Keep it. Move it back to the 50 if they want. Macy's kickers and special teams accountable. It's no chip shots anymore. And, and I put drama in the game. Absolutely love it because that single can be huge towards the end of a yes. football game. Game changer. Game changer. It has been an absolute treat to be out here in Saskatchewan. Yes. Uh, watch the christening of this uh, new stadium. Didn't work out the way the Riders had hoped, but still, it's been a great week.
So that was the CFL on TSN panel. After the break, we'll get to the week three predictions. TSN.ca Scott Collin joins me, and I'll be giving my fantasy lineup for week three. Scotty will be giving you some tips. I'm probably going to steal a couple, but you can use them too for your TSN CFL fantasy team. A lot more coming up on the show. This is CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Football season is here and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carry out deals at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal, including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our $7.99 mix and match offer that has something for everyone, including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at dominoes.ca. You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN Radio Network. Back to wrap up another edition of CFL Weekly. I'm Andy McNamara. You're listening across the TSN Radio Network. Follow us on Twitter at AndyMC81. We are delivered by Domino's. Dive into all their delivery and carry out deals at dominoes.ca. On the line now, TSN.ca, CFL writer, fantasy guru, just just about everything. Scott Cullen on the line. Scotty, how's it going? Awesome, Andy. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. We'll start with the game picks, and then we'll go to our CFL fantasy lineup, see if we can give people any uh, tips or help for their fantasy rosters for Week 3. So we begin Thursday, July 6th, BC Lions in to face the Montreal Alouettes. And what stood out to me for the Lions, Scotty, was just how dominant the front four on defense was against the Argonauts. Just just harassing Ricky Ray all night long. And you have a, a, another veteran quarterback in Darian Durant in Montreal, uh, a team that hasn't been able to put up a lot of points. How are you feeling about BC and the uh, Alouettes? Yeah, I, I, I like BC's chances. Uh, I, I think, A, the, the defense uh, is going to give them a, you know, is going to give Montreal headaches. I also think that BC, if their offense kind of continues to uh, get better, that it's going to be a real handful for Montreal just to try and keep up. Like I, I think there was a real, um, you know, Brian Burnham had a big game last week for the Lions. Uh, Manuel Arsenault didn't do much in, in week one, but I think he had five catches for 87 yards in week two. Um, you know, that's sort of trending in the right direction for them. And, and uh, I, I could very easily see the Lions uh, jumping out to a lead and, and uh, the Alouettes having a hard time keeping pace. And then we move to Friday night football, July 7, Winnipeg Blue Bombers hosting the Calgary Stampeders. Scotty, we could be in for another shootout like these two clubs. Winnipeg off of the week one bye, popped up 43, double OT. We know the Calgary Stampeders don't mind going to OT. They put up the exact same amount of points over Ottawa, Uh, 43-39. I'm not quite sure what to expect out of this. Well, I mean, the interesting thing to the, to me is, look, I would feel much safer on Calgary, right? Because you got Bo Levi Mitchell yeah. running things, and I like, you know, he's he's if not the best quarterback, he's kind of right there with Mike Riley, I think. So, you know, I have a lot of faith in the Calgary offense being able to churn out uh, points. I'm not a huge fan of the Winnipeg offense. Like Matt Nichol doesn't do it for me, right? As a quarterback, but he did last. You know, put up big numbers last week, four touchdown passes, and and. You know, so I, I you have to kind of leave open the possibility that they could do it again. I but if I have to pick one of those guys to to lead their team to another forty three point outing, um, it'd be Bo Levi Mitchell. That's um, I just think that they've, you know, the the Stampeders to me they're still kind of the the class of the league. I know Ottawa has gone you know toe to toe with them in in these first two games, but um, I think it, the Stampeders over the long haul they're they're still the team to beat, and so. Um, 
Winnipeg. I, I basically need to see the guys from Winnipeg do it a little more from before I'm uh, before I'm on board. Right, and and you know what, Matt Nichols might be the story. This being his his first shot at carrying the load the whole season, right? Coming in partway through last year, so yep. it, it may, maybe he's the story this year. And, and you know, we get to week four, five, six, and all of a sudden, you know, we start talking about Matt Nichols as a, a fantasy option. Well, yeah, and that and that could be. I mean, look, and if you're the savvy fantasy player, you get ahead of the curve on that. And doubleheader on Saturday. Now, this is a, a fascinating matchup to me. You have the Toronto Argonauts facing the Ottawa Redblacks. Talked a little bit about it earlier, Scotty, and you have once again uh, the, the, the teacher versus the pupil and Ricky Ray and, and Trevor Harris. Now, we saw two totally different Argo teams. 506-yard Ricky Ray and not so much 506-yard Ricky yeah. Ray, and he was being blasted. So, for Ottawa, I think for the, for the Argonauts, what they have to watch for is can the Red Blacks replicate the front four pressure that the BC Lions were able to put on them because clearly that worked. I would think that's the template that they would try to go with anyway. Yeah, I'm sure. And look, at I think the the battle for the Argos all season is going to be whether you can keep Ricky Ray upright. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, you know, the, the prototype CFL quarterback is somebody who can scramble themselves out of trouble and, and, and throw on the run and all those things. That's not really Ricky Ray at this stage. No. Uh, you know, he's, he's a sitting duck a lot of times back there and so you know if you can get pressure well then then that's going to cause problems and i think that the you know the more interesting aspect is on the other side is that the the so-called student of this uh uh trevor harris is is really good yeah you know he's put up 725 passing yards through the first two weeks and um he can do the same and i really like the argo secondary scotty when you, with the additions of johnny sears jr and rico murray in that defensive secondary playmakers, so we know Harris will sling it, so they'll be trying to ball hawk a little bit, but yeah, it all comes down to Ricky Ray Upright and not wearing that defense out. So, Hamilton and Saskatchewan. Now, the Ticats bludgeoned week one. That was that 506 Ricky yeah. Ray week. They have had a whole two weeks to stew over it, and Scotty, I can tell you from first-hand experience, Ken Austin is not a happy man when he loses, and he's less happy when he has an extra week to think about it. Saskatchewan, though, you got Chris Jones. Like, that seat's going to start warming up for him in Saskatchewan if, if he doesn't get things uh, on track real soon. They're already 0-2. Well, and, and Saskatchewan basically has played well enough to lose really close games. That's right. You know, like, That's like right. You come out of week one uh, with Montreal and like they're that close, you know, a field yeah. goal away from uh, from winning, and then you go uh, another close one in, in week two. And it, but, you know, you start losing those close ones, and, and it, it really, I think it really starts to wear on a team mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. – you know, you start seeing that zero or under the uh, the W column, and okay, well, what if they don't get it done this week? Well, that now you're, you know, you're, you're then you're chasing the season. Um, so yeah, there's going to be some desperation there on Saskatchewan's part, but at the same time, I think, um, you know, everybody everybody was down on Hamilton after week one. Understandably, they got you know annihilated. It wasn't sure. just on the scoreboard. Uh, yardage was a really lopsided affair against Toronto. And so yes, terrible outing by Hamilton, but I also you know, I had to preach to people online like we can't judge a team just on one week. Right, you know, the, right. You, you, the Hamilton Tiger Cats are not the you know the worst thing <laughs> to to hop into the CFL. And, you know, and at least we can't just decide that after one week. So, to me, I, I think I, I am expecting a bit of a bounce back here from Hamilton. Um, but you know, having having seen one game from them and it wasn't a good one, uh, I'm not a, I'm not exactly giving them a huge vote of confidence into this game either. No. Okay. Let's zip through and pick uh, who we think are going to win. Each game. So we'll go back. BC, Montreal. Who are you taking? I'm going with the Lions. Yeah, me too. I'll go BC. Yeah. Uh, Calgary, Winnipeg. 
I'm going to take Calgary. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go. St- I think it'll be. I think it'll be real close. I think we might yeah. see like a, a couple of forty pointers, but yeah. Uh, then Toronto, Ottawa. Yeah, you see, uh, oh boy, I, I'll take Ottawa. Um, but yeah, that would. I, like, I think there are a couple of games that could be really tight this week. But yeah, I'm going to go Ottawa. Okay, I'll be boring and go Red Blacks too. I just say, <laughs> <laughs> great mindset. We work too much together, Scotty. That's well, you know. yeah, we're, we're taking the chop. <laughs> and then Hamilton and Saskatchewan. All right. Well, I'm going to take the hammer. You take the hammer. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll go Saskatchewan just because. Yay, I, I, Andy, that's I, yeah, boy. I did it. Uh, I just think. Back to back games, Mosaic Stadium. That place is going to be rabid, and they've just been too close to go zero and three. So I'm I'm going to say Saskatchewan there. All right, Scotty, let's go uh, some CFL fantasy tips here as we wrap up the show. So what we do uh, now? The uh, if you go and play on the TSN CFL game, so it's CFLFantasy.tsn.ca. You can play week to week, create your own leagues, uh, all that good stuff. Forty thousand dollars salary cap. I'll run through who I got so far. I went Trevor Harris, who's at 10,335. And Sky, Trevor Harris, he's, he's consistent. 425 yards last week, but he's consistently when he's, he's on, and I think he can be on against this Toronto team, like a, 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 almost a guaranteed 300-plus yards and multiple yeah. touchdown guy. For sure. So I'll go Harris. Um, now running back, I went, this is where I went a little cheap. I went yeah. uh, Terrell Sutton, Montreal, Against the BC Lions, I thought Montreal keeps it close, but it was more of a, a fit salary cap-wise. Well, um, he had a nice game last week. Yeah, uh, but he did get 8.8 fantasy points a week ago. Now, here's where I want your advice from. $2,500 Greg Morris Saskatchewan Rough Riders, <laughs> primarily as a kick returner. Yeah. Um, and backup back. Like He had 5.4 po- fantasy points last week, 4.3 in week one. So I'm thinking, all right, if I, I needed a, an extra chunk to fill out my cap, I thought that might be an okay take. What do you think? Well, I think that's that's the interesting thing about this game is that you get the return um, yardage, right? That there's there's a real value there if you can hit, you know, kind of hit on the the game where a guy has a big return game. Now receivers: Luke Tasker, Deontay Spencer. I went Tasker because him and, and Calaris, no matter what, mm-hmm. seem to seem to connect on a couple of big ones each game. Uh, so I like that one. Deontay Spencer. Now, only three catches for big gains. You also get the return factor there against yep. the Toronto uh, defense that we saw was prone to it. Yeah, and then, look, I, I think, um, you know, you can do a lot worse than, than going after the Ottawa receivers and basically riding uh, the coattails of Trevor Harris. So, yeah, and, yeah I, I'm, all, I'm all in on, on grabbing Ottawa receivers this week. And then my flex spot, Kamar Jordan for the uh, uh, Calgary Stampeders. He had uh, three passes for 71 yards and a couple touchdowns on yep. five targets. So he's had touchdowns each week as a WR2. You like it? Yeah, well, and, and here's the thing I've been thinking about in terms of CFL through the first couple of weeks is it's getting really hard to find the receiver who has, you know, consistently good week, good week, yeah. you know, week yeah. after week. What you're finding is you'll find, you know, the big-time quarterbacks will give you good week consistently. But then the, the trick is finding receivers that are with those guys. And then defense, I went BC Lions. Four, uh, 4595 buck defense, kind of right in the middle of the, of the, the yep. D-pack there. Because I don't think Montreal can put up points. Yep, and that's totally fair. Like, I think you know, in, in some, sometimes, right, when you're picking the defense, you're doing it on the basis of the defense. Other times you're doing it on the basis of the offense. Yeah, 
All right, I'm feeling pretty good about my lineup then, Scotty. All right, all right. As you should, Andy. Very good. Very Okay, Scotty, thank you so much. People can find all your work on tsn.ca and on Twitter. You always tweet out the links. Awesome. Thank you, Andy. That was Scott Cullen. And to wrap up our Twitter poll question this week at AndyMC81, question was, which QB will slap up the biggest stats in Week 3? Trevor Harris, Bo Levi Mitchell, Jonathan Jennings, or Zach Caleros? First place, Bo Levi Mitchell. Second, Zach Caleros surging up to overtake Trevor Harris, who is in third, and then Jonathan Jennings. Thank you so much to all of our guests. So, for producer Keith Bauer, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Enjoy the games.